I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the final I believe sharing socks of uh, calendar year 2022. I am a Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen wearing, because of the Chicago weather, a knit socks hat. Uh, with me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will showing off wearing a regular socks hat because it's probably 80 degrees in Los Angeles. <laughs> not quite, not quite. It's 20, I think, in Chicago. All right, uh, we've got your beat. We've got your beat. We have actual news this week. The White Sox did something in free agency. I That's like the way it. to describe it. That's the way uh, to describe I mean, it. I like it. I'm amazed that it is the biggest White Sox free agent purchase of all time. Although if you adjust for inflation, I guess it isn't. But still, $75 million, five years for Andrew Benintendi. When they first came out with the free agent lists, here's you got, here's you got, and you're going, well, yeah, let's, uh, for the outfield slot, let's get Judge. Uh, you knew that wasn't going to happen. You knew what they were going to get in your ball. Uh, and you looked at the rest of them, you go, you know, Ben Intendi kind of fit in here. He's, he's a good fielder, left-handed hitter. Uh, he'd be pretty good. I didn't think of him as 75 million, but I thought, you know, once you get past that first year, we, we desperate for outfielders, not a bad choice. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, my my lack of interest in Ben Attendee um, is, is a little more, like, personality-based. I've never liked Ben Attendee. In fact, I've always disliked him. I used to hang out with someone who played with him in high school, and they hated him. Uh, so I've always had sort of an anti-Andrew Ben Attendee thing. He was 
one of the people I wanted the least <laughs> in this free agency. That being said, all right, sure. He's okay. He is certainly a better outfielder than any of our other options. Uh, it's weird that he's the highest White Sox contract ever, which that has is, nothing to is... do with him. It, it just has to do with the fact that we've never spent money on a <laughs> on a guy before. Yeah. I mean, Yasmani being the previous highest contract. Uh, I'm not saying that didn't work out, um, but I'm just saying let's well, work out for a year. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, ben Attendee is good. The ceiling for me is very low. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. It's, it's not a high ceiling, but it is a high floor. But the I floor know. is also high. Um, well, it's kind of high. I don't know. I could see Ben Attendee turning into a, an AJ Pollock 2.0. Um, I certainly don't think we're going to get five good years out of him. I, I really don't. And I realize that the name of the game in free agency this year is sign a guy forever and see how many years you get out of him. Um, five-year deals don't really work Although, that way. Though for the White Sox, the, one of the reasons for the huge deals being the way they are, 13 and 14 years and other silliness, is simply to beat the luxury tax. The White yeah. Sox are not remotely <laughs> in range of even the lowest tier of the luxury tax. It is not going to happen. So stretching things out is... They, they're, they're not, they're not taking it 14 years in order to get the average per year down to 20 million or whatever. So they right. get under the tax. Uh, yeah, it, it seems, a, it seems a trifle but I'm just, I'm just glad we have an outfielder. <laughs> it's just, we need more. I mean, yeah, that's the only problem. He, you know, we, for the White Sox, we spent big on Andrew Benatendi. Well, we got to spend again. And I, uh, you know, we lost essentially three outfielders. Three guys because who can stand Pollock in the outfield. And yes. angle. And then Vaughn just stood in the outfield, but he was playing the outfield position. We lost three. Let's say we lost three people who played in the outfield. Uh, and we need two more. I mean, you got to have four guys out there. Uh, not necessarily at a time, but like softball, <laughs> but you got to have four guys out there. Uh, even if Colas represents one of those, and I still think, 31 at-bats in AAA, he's not going to be ready for opening day. They'll just be throwing him to the wolves. Plus, there's service time manipulation that they want to do anyway. So somebody else is going to play right field for a couple months, it, it, or at least a month, maybe two. Uh, could be Leori. Could be, uh, God help us, it could be Sheets again. Um, I mean, I I don't know who it would be if it's not one of those two. So you, they have to get they have to get another outfielder somewhere. It doesn't have it, it can be a fourth outfielder type, a defensive out you know, who'd be really you know, you look at the list of free agents, you know who's ideal for that fourth outfielder, really good defense? There's a guy named Angle. Yeah. Well he's free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance he will just end up back on the White Sox at this point, just because we need bodies to be out there and in case someone gets hurt and you know we're hurt all the time so you know as soon as Luis Robert gets hurt which it seems like he will uh he's played played fewer than half the games in the last two years at center field and he's and, young 
He's young yeah. and in an elite physical condition. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the 2023 White Sox have the same injury problems with the new coaching staff in, with the coaching staff who is, I would think, a bit more aware of what's new training, going on. New, tra- new training staff. New training staff. I would think they would come in wanting to not be an embarrassment uh, like they were in the last season in terms of every guy just leaving at some point because he walked to first base and got hurt. Uh, I'll I'll be very interested to see how much that shifts. And it's going to be crucial because we can't have another year of Luis Robert playing 75 games. We can't. We cannot. We are not a World Series contender if Luis Robert is only playing 75 games. It's, I it's would say right now we're not a World Series contender, but we're, we're not right. even a win one round of playoffs contender. But and, we have and, we have guys who can play. We have guys who should be very good. We can't keep them on the field. Last year, we could not keep anyone on the field. Our season, again, just like last year, it's but going you're to wrong. depend. We kept Le- we kept Leury on the field. True, but that was just because he's so good and we love him. <laughs> that's that's all that was about. Uh, we can't keep these guys on the field, and you know the bottom line is next year, twenty twenty three season. If Luis Roberts out there for seventy five games, and Aloy's only out there for seventy five, and TA's only out there for seventy five, you're not going to win anything. You're not you're not going to win the AL Central. You're probably not going to be the runner up in the AL Central. So I'm I'm very hesitantly hopeful that things will be different in terms of keeping guys on the field. Because you take Luis Robert out of that, even with Benedendi, who is a good left fielder, a very, very good left fielder. If you take Luis Robert out for injury, you got a, a solid left fielder. And then nothing. <laughs> and right. if this were slow pitch softball, it's not a terrible place to be because your left fielders gotta be your best gotta be your best fly ball catcher. Uh but it's not, unfortunately. It's major league baseball. They're gonna hit it all over the place. So injuries are, are gonna be so key. Ben Ben attendee to me, oh maybe I'll coin this phrase right here and now. Band aid tendy. He feels like a little bit of a Band-Aid over a wound that is gushing. Um, That being said, it's better to have the Band-Aid than nothing. Um, But I'm not particularly excited. And also, I'm not trying to bring the political stuff into it. But you're going into a clubhouse that's already not getting along. And you're bringing in a dude who just by all calculations, is a massive douchebag. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not saying it's going to be harmful because he's certainly going to have guys that agree with him in there. Um, But I'm just saying, you know, he's not Trevor Bauer, but he's like the one step down from Trevor Bauer in terms of clubhouse dynamic. And obviously I think our boy Dylan's going to like him a lot. Um, but I think he's not going to gel with, with uh, Tim Anderson from the, from the get-go. Uh, again, with Pedro Grafal, let's hope he can manage this. You know, a baseball team should be able to 
be a baseball team without politics being involved at all, without any sort of and politics, both in the in the the sense of government politics, but just politics in the very general correct. sense of clubhouse politics, our our clique and your clique and and whatever. Correct, correct. I'm I'm more so talking about the latter, the clubhouse politics that nowadays are influenced a little bit by the government politics thing. Ideally, we have a manager now, and I am actually, I've said this before, giving him the benefit of the doubt that he will be better for this. Uh, ideally, we have a manager that is going to come in and make it a more cohesive unit of, of 26 guys because we we have not had that for two years, uh, not even close. And, you know, as we said, remember, we're watching this team in 2020 during the short season. Uh, it was exciting to watch the White Sox play. Even in empty stadiums, they were so fun to watch because they were having so much fun under Rick Renneria, who I know is not the best manager in the world, but he let the guys beat the guys and he let them play. And they had a ton of fun. And because of that, it was really fun for us to watch. It was a really fun season to watch until they blew it in the playoffs, but it was, you know, a year earlier than we expected them to be good. Uh, we got to hope. Well, and they really only made the playoffs because everybody fake, made the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. And they only played Central Division teams, which is correct. kind of like um, playing high schools. Last time that it was really fun to watch them. I'm hoping Pedro Grafal can come in, get us back to sort of that clubhouse feel. Because without that, you just don't win games if you're not having fun in Major League Baseball as a team. You don't win those games. Like, if you look at the teams that make it far in the playoffs, they're having a great time. They're loving their teammates. They're loving the experience. They're loving the energy from the fans. It's just fun. You you see a bunch of grown men getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game, and they know it, and they love it. And that is what we need back to the White Sox more than anything, first and foremost. We need to see our guys acting like they're having fun again. Uh, and the easiest way to do that is for them to have fun again. Um, so let's just say, of course, of course that... the, the one player last this past season who would look like he was really having a lot of fun, they don't. So, uh, right. Of course. I mean, uh, more than that, really, because Elvis Andrews came in immediately, looked like true. he was having fun as well. He, dumped he was, him too. <laughs> he, yeah, dumped him too. You, we legitimately dumped the two guys that gave this team any form of life in 2022 whatsoever. Uh, and I'm not saying that you got to keep guys because of their intangibles. I know that that is an argument I will never, ever, ever, ever win and shouldn't win because it is a business first and foremost. It's an entertainment business more first, more than anything. That's, that's what baseball is. And you can't just keep guys because you like them and they're fun. You got to try to win to make money. Uh, but I don't see Ben Attendee being the guy who comes in and, and unites the the divided troops. Um, that being said, let's take our break here. Come back, talk a little bit about uh, the else? outlook on 2023. <laughs> Some other moves were made in the league that affect us because we will be playing against them. Um, and I've, then we'll we'll wrap it up for this year. So uh, 
Hang in there. We'll be right back on Sharing Socks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked about the Andrew Band-Aid Tendi uh, situation, which I'm just so excited I'm going to get rich and famous for that. Um Twins, rival, made some moves. Well, they, they got Joey Gallo, which doesn't exactly strike fear in, in our hearts, I don't think. Uh, he'll hit a lot of home runs. Honestly, they got Gallo on the only kind of contract where I would ever want Gallo. So I, I think they did a good job with this. It's one year. It's only $11 million. I mean, if you get... 25, 30 home runs out of a guy for 11 million. That's not bad. I mean, the White Sox would have signed him to, you know, seven years, 285 million. <laughs> if we had really gone for Gallo, we would have had our, our biggest contract ever, but it would have been a, a horrible mistake. Um, yeah. Um, it doesn't strike fear in me at all that the twins, uh, got Gallo. That being said, Kudos to them for not just sitting back and doing nothing like we have for most of this. They, well, of course, they've lost Correa, which is a huge kind of hole for them to fill. They're still in on Swanson, theoretically. I find it very hard to imagine that they'll actually get him. Although, I'll say I'm Ben Attendee. When I was looking at, you know, what are the White Sox in? Uh, never mentioned. Never, ever, ever. Yankees, even. And the Mets were mentioned. Red Sox. Never the White Sox. So that came out of nowhere. So the same thing could happen with uh, Minnesota. Well, they were looking for a team. That agent was like, there's got to be a sucker out there somewhere. <laughs> and they're like, let's hold out for 575. Uh, the White Sox, yeah, we'll do it. I still think the most improved team is Cleveland because of Josh Bell. Uh, they also took a step up. Zanino, though he hits about, I don't know, 085 or something. Everything he hits goes 450. It's kind of Joey Gallo, but... Uh, Really, really good defensive catcher in the process. Yeah. Uh, so they've improved a pretty fair amount. White Sox have only improved in the sense that they were horrible, and left, but still, it's an improvement. Ben Attendi is better than having Andrew Vaughn out in left field. Andrew yeah, Vaughn be- is not better, better than, than Pollock. Having, yeah. Still, the White Sox are down. They're down to Brayu and, and Harrison and Cueto, and I, 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 mean, I hope Clevenger is going to turn out to be another Cueto. I doubt it. I think the step is going to be a step down. A large one from Cueto to Clevenger. Uh, there's still room to go. Now they talk about not raising the uh, payroll, but with Jose and Pollock 
Uh, Got to remember Dallas Keuchel, eighteen million, I think it was uh, yeah. last year. And then you add in Harrison and Cueto. That's like fifty four, fifty five million before you get to the little guys that got dumped, like like Engel and uh, Ruiz. Uh, so they have a lot of room to go because what they've added in eight. I guess you call it eight for this year. I mean, even if you want to call it 11 for Clevenger, uh, plus 15 on the year for Benatendi. Incidentally, we'll have the longest name on any White Sox uniform. I, I thought of that. Until Colson Montgomery comes up, he's the only 10-letter guy we got. Currently, yeah. We've had yeah. longer in the past, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. but I'm saying right now, he, he's. I don't think we have anybody over eight, so that's a big job. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for letter jersey value as you shop this Christmas, Ben Attendee gets you the most letters for the same price. Um, but uh, so that leaves without raising the payroll at all and and, and giving some room for uh, arbitration raises for uh, Cease and uh, Giolito. You still got about $25 million to play with. You could actually get Dansby Swanson to move him over to second and have a hell of a baseball team. <laughs> you absolutely could. I mean, the the way the shortstop contract shortstop contracts have gone, I think you could definitely get Swanson at at twenty five million for next year. I, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, maybe even a little less than that, uh, just because of what the other guys have demanded, and Swanson's going to be below those guys. And I think. He will be considerably below those guys. Not as below those guys as maybe he should be, but I do think that the White Sox could absolutely get him. Now they would have to do something they've never done, no, which is commit yeah. to a long-term yeah, The problem is contract. it's the White Sox, so we have to throw out that theory. They have to get a second baseman. Gene Segura, to me, I mean, he's the top one out there on the free agent market right now. He's like a little baby step up from Josh Harrison. If, if that's where you were going, you should have kept Josh. If that, uh, I mean, I, I think they're very interchangeable players. I, I like both of them a lot. That's not hating on either of them. I actually like no, both players no. a lot. They're, they're both good defensively um, and, and yeah. decent, just decent offensively. They're very comparable, actually. They, they, they're both good defensive players. They both have like a weird week once a year where they can't catch anything. And then they get back to being really good all of a sudden, which we saw from Josh this year and from September. In September, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we we haven't even talked about second base until until right now. Uh, who who plays it? Who's there? Who, I mean, if we're not going to sign Swanson. The, the trade, the trade that should have, they should have made was Colton Wong. They should, they should have worked something with, with Milwaukee to get Colton Wong. Uh Milwaukee ship, didn't demand. Ship has sailed. Yeah, did, did not demand that much. Uh, it would have. It would have gone. But now you've got. You're going to presumably trade. Frazier's gone. That was the next yep. second baseman, and the only advantage there is that he he's a left-handed hitter. Yeah, uh, I think he's a step down from Segura and Harrison, really. Uh, at least in and he not not in the past, but currently. Yeah, he's uh, he's regressed a little bit. Doesn't mean he can't come back and, and have a better year, but yeah, he's uh but, he, but he's gone. So he's gone. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh so you still got an outfielder to go and a second baseman to go up. You can just kind of smell him thinking, Ben and Tendy, see, we spent the big bucks, so we'll go with Aline Sosa and hang on for dear life. I don't even what they're gonna do. They they've got Peyton on a minor minor league uh, 
Well, I'm going to tell you a little uh, nugget I heard. Um, this is not uh, based on anything other than Twitter rumors, I think. But horribly, a friend of mine just texted me that the White Sox are somewhat linked to possibly signing Justin Turner, which can't possibly be true. Um, he's he's going to be 39 this season. And he's only uh, a third baseman. And he's only a third baseman, right-handed. Uh, it can't be true. The only, no. the only way it would be no. Possible, Tina Turner, okay, but not, but not just. If you move, if you move Moncada to second, and put oh Turner God. at third, but then you have <laughs> you have another guy who is essentially just a DH. Uh, it can't be true. It can't be true. No. There's no way, yeah, right? You know, the, you know the people who have an, so many middle in, in, infielders. I have no idea what they're going to do them all. It is the Padres. Yeah, they're loaded. Uh, and they could. I mean, what do the White Sox have to trade? The only thing the White Sox have to trade is relief pitchers. Um, but I can see them being interested, certainly in Hendricks, and maybe in Graveman. Would you? Would you right now? And this is just. Obviously, hypothetical. I'm not a general manager. Would you trade Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman, and Oscar Colas for Fernando Tatis Jr.? Who can't play until May, June, something. Yeah, May, I think. Um, something like that. And what's he but, got, a 14 year contract? But he's under, you'd have him for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, we do have to keep in mind. People forget about Fernando Tatis because of the steroid thing. He's he's coming back, and he is one of the best players in the game. <laughs> like we, because and of course he, he was. He has White Sox history. <laughs> he does. We, you know, not we, nice history, not good history. But hey, good. I bet we could even sign. Who did we get in that deal? Was that Shields? Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, I was like, it's Shields or Samarjo. Exactly. I was like, it's Shields or Samarjo. It's one of the two guys we should never have gone for and gave up something huge for. Um, I don't know. I, the Padres have too many guys. They have too many guys to put out there. They're spending so much money. I would be intrigued at the possibility of trading to, for, to Fernando Tatis Jr. Now, not necessarily the, answer for like a huge shortstop upgrade um he makes a lot of mistakes at shortstop but move ta to second fernando who's younger at short moncada at third uh you got andrew vaughn at first that's a pretty sexy infield now i would prefer to sign dansby swanson uh but it's just never gonna happen and neither will this and and tatis isn't gonna happen either because they're not gonna pay that salary uh, the one I was thinking of, uh, and I don't think, I'm not, I'm not sure San Diego would ever let go, is Cronenworth. Yeah, I mean, Cronenworth is certainly a lot cheaper. They don't really know exactly what they're going to do with him. Um, he's a gold glover. I I would be very, very interested in Cronenworth. And, and yeah, and I, I definitely give up Hendricks. And if they want... Something more, I would give something more with Hendricks. I don't know about Colas because then we're back to that's too the, big. We yeah. don't have any outfielders. That's too uh, big. But certainly, you could you could go into 
just the next tier of uh, the miners or even Garrett Crochet? Yeah. I, I think I, I think I'd go Crochet and Hendricks to get Cronin with for sure. I would. I love Liam Hendricks. We obviously. Oh, we I, both I love, love Liam watching. Hendricks. He's. he's um, you talk about. I mean, we were just talking about. Boy, these guys don't look like they're ever having fun. His is a strange Australian kind of fun, but he's yeah. having fun. He's he is. enjoying the game of baseball and and enjoying trying to be really, really good at it. Yep, agreed. I think with Hendricks. I think you absolutely try to move him to fill that second base spot. You have to. And here's my number one reason for this. It's this crazy theory I have of you don't need a rock star closer if you're never ahead late in games. <laughs> That's and true. I think if you are a team in the White Sox position that cannot get ahead late in games, you need to focus on getting ahead late in games before you pay big bucks for your closer. It just, it doesn't make sense to say, we're going to keep this guy who we're going to bring in once every four games when we have a lead, a close lead late in the day. No, we need a second baseman who can go out there and help get us leads late in the game. So that then I would love for us at the deadline to need a closer. I would love it. It, it would be such a nice thing to be like, okay, we're, we're, we're buyers at the deadline. We need a closer. As of right now, I don't think we need Liam Hendricks. I think Kendall Graveman can easily step into that spot. Or Raylo. Or Raylo. But but Graveman, you know, being more traditional relief pitcher, I like Graveman a lot. Uh, I like Raylo a lot. I think those are both good options. I think right now Hendricks is high. I would be nervous to get into the season with him and see him lose some of that value right now. Not to say he would. He could come out and gain value. But he is older, and he does go in sort of waves at times. So I would try to unload Liam Hendricks and another piece here or there uh, to try to fill that second base gap. Because right now, we're obviously not going to sign Josh Harrison. We're obviously not going for Elvis Andrews. So we need to go for something legit here. We can't just throw Leori out there. We can't have it be Lenny and Sosa. Again, not to say that Sosa's not going to be a good major league ball player someday, but right someday, now, someday not is even close. Not even close. And Coloss, yes, I've heard from sources that he is definitely going to be on the major league roster at some point this year, but oh, you, yeah. can't, you can't just bank on him. Uh, coming in and just kicking butt with only 31 triple A at bats. No, I, uh, I think you can go cheap on another outfielder on the theory that Coloss is yes. going to be the man by midsummer. No, no later than midsummer, Coloss is going to be the man. And you don't want a multi year contract with the guy. I mean, that's unfair right. to the guy, let alone wasting money from the point of view of the team. Yeah. Um, you bring him in, you, he knows. He knows he's a stopgap at loss, and then he's your fourth outfielder. You want somebody who's good on defense. I mean, yeah. frankly, if you look at it's Adam Engle. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I know he had a terrible 2022, but if, if, if you, you know, we're doing a lot of guys who had bad years, and so we pick him up from years before. 2020, 2021, he's exactly what you are looking for right now. He was just hurt all the time under this joke of a training staff that the White Sox had last year. Maybe if you get Adam Engel with a new training staff, he has a better year. He can stay on the field. 
You know he's going to be really cheap. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't. And I've always liked Adam Angle as a ball player. Well, we've, we've been in the park when he when he's gone leaping over the fence and stolen home runs. Multiple so. times. Multiple yeah. times. Um, that is about all the time we have for our final episode of 2023. Do you have any final thoughts? Before hey, we- happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever all of it. you got all going the on stuff. up there. Is Tet going on? I don't know. Yeah, enjoy the holidays. Uh, be safe, as my high school algebra teacher used to say. Make smart, safe decisions. I heed that advice most of the time. I suggest you do as well. I'm um, looking forward to 2023. I know we gripe a lot on this podcast, but that's what podcasts are for. Uh, they serve no other purpose in this world. So we are happy to come gripe with you. We're happy you come and listen to us gripe. And uh, I'm positive about 2023. New manager, new ball club, new left fielder, whether I like them or not, we got some changes going on that I think could make the White Sox exciting to watch in 2023. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spending the year with us. And we will see you next year on Sharing Socks.